podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everybody, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation, the galaxy's number 14 podcast <laughs> for Star Trek related things and next generation discussions. I'm Matt. I'm Andy. Oh, and I don't have this set up. Jeez Louise, everybody. Yeah, you did an eye. <laughs> well, I'm sure that Stellar Sciences will find it a most interesting study. Thank you. <laughs> or... And I'm still in there we go, and I'm still intimidated by you, Ro Laren. More about Ro later on, but right. uh, we're talking I'm about excited. Homeward today, so I'll tell everybody, boy, Pegasus, that went up very late, we recorded it, and then it took me about a month to put it up, and yeah. then this episode, Homeward, I watched it, and then started watching it, and then forgot about it, and now... <laughs> Andy's like, we got to record. And I was like, oh, I guess we do. <laughs> it really gripped you, huh? Better watch Good it. Enough. Better finish it up. And I did. So with that information. Matt, would you have them watch this episode? Yes. <laughs> In four-week increments. <laughs> Pretty Only palatable. Pretty palatable when split across a month. You just got to pace yourself. Yeah. Don't rush into anything. You don't want to overdo a Sorvino. Hey, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy 2022, everybody. We made it. We're yeah. in the future. I can't believe it. We're here and ready to do all sorts of fun things. <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> Very exciting. That was pretty dumb. Let's go to the Admirals Club. All right. Go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, and join the Admirals Club. Matt, how did they get into the Admirals Club? Well, Andy, it's just like the song says, they go to iTunes. Well, actually, go to Apple Podcasts. Leave a podcast review, five stars or above, which is impossible, but, you know, it has to be at least five stars. You'll be in the Admirals Club. Maybe you'll be lucky enough for Andy to read your review of the show on the air. Andy, who's your reading now? Um, you know, it's funny. This person... <laughs> tough luck, buddy. This person sent me a screenshot because if you're from... Another you know, the place. UK or another place. Andy doesn't bother turning on his VPN to burrow into each country every night to look for the reviews that he's not seeing. Sorry, guys. <laughs> he's like, okay, let me start. Argentina. Okay, <laughs> okay here we go. <laughs> Down the list. <laughs> nope. Nothing here. Albania. <laughs> yes. Uh huh. Should have done that before Argentina. <laughs> Nothing in Croatia. Okay, moving on. Chile. Ooh, we got one. <laughs> Anyway, we got one, and I uh, and he emailed it to me uh, very dutifully, but and then he sent me the screenshot, which is required. But his name or her name isn't in the screenshot, so I didn't move it over. So you're just gonna have to get in the Animals Club again. <laughs> anyway, it says 
Never Miss an Episode is the title. And then the review is, over the course of this show, I've watched countless hours of Star Trek. And I can tell you one thing. I don't like Star Trek. That being said, I never miss an episode of The Next Conversation with Matt and Andy. <laughs> Thank Five you. Five stars. Thank you, everybody. Um, this one is from I Don't Pay for Free Apps. And, uh, nice. They say, Andy won me over, but it took a while. <laughs> uh, I, that's my experience with most people. I I've actually been a, disagree. I think it's the reverse. I think you're very like, quick to win people over, and then, and then they realize. you seep in, and you're like, oh, <laughs> all right. Uh, customers no. have different experiences. Uh, I already liked them, so I guess I'll keep Look, as long them. as people like me at some point on the timeline, I'm satisfied. <laughs> anyway, I don't pay for, pay for free apps says... When I think I've about how quickly you got me to do this podcast... From you got us, me. This is all fake us, news. We us, did through this before. Meeting to, no, but like if you think about it, like we met... Sure. In 2017, and we started doing the podcast in 2017. Like that's that is true. <laughs> it was definitely it was nerd at first sight. That is for sure. That is a quick turnaround. That's true. Um, but you had I don't know. Maybe this is mutual mutually assured destruction. <laughs> I mean, it was walking along, and you said, "I don't know. I've got kind of a, a hankering to to do a new podcast," which is the most. There will never be another point in history that Matt Myra says that. Uh, <laughs> it was some weird gap no, where you had... It'll, it'll happen, I'm sure. I'm we're, sure. Where uh, Toss Out and Scrambled Eggs um, was, uh, had gone the wayside, and your Well, what happened was, one, like, I was finding it hard to do podcasts with people who didn't have the stupid hours I had. Of course, that's it, right. <laughs> and then when I was like, oh, here's someone who has the same exact stupid hours right. I have. And I said, well, what would you, what in your dream, what would you want to do a podcast about, new podcast about? And you said TNG. You've never yeah. done it. And I said, that's the one Star Trek show I'd never seen. I've seen, but only never got past the, the pilot. And, uh, and th- thus it was born. Mm-hmm. Um, anyhow, back to the Admiral's Club. A little history for you guys. Actually, really where it locked in was I started to send you... This is on me. The names. I, I started to name. send you the names. And as the soon name as of we, the show. It'd be funny to look back on that and see what the alternate names were. Too good of a show name to not do the podcast. That and then I sent it to what you. I thought. And as I, you know, it's funny because when I sent it, I was like, I think I got him. <laughs> <laughs> I sent it to you. He's like, well, now we have to do it. <laughs> All right. I Don't Pay for Free App says, I've been a Star Trek fan my entire life. I didn't start listening to podcasts until this year. I found this podcast and gave it a shot. I'm only midway through season three. And I was immediately offended by Andy's theory about Geordi being a pedo. Then I eventually figured out his humor style, and now I'm on board. Uh, I'm, uh, for the record, I, I uh, that was adjusted a few a few episodes. I think it started as oh, possibly... the Wesley... Right? Did he have weird things about uh-huh, Wesley? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then I realized, oh no, no he just has he weird was, things. He about. was looking past Wesley to the computer. Exactly. Or maybe he was fascinated by Wesley's facility with machines. <laughs> um, uh, I'm now on board. I'm fanatically loyal to my Trek. Uh, I was nine when TNG came out, <clears throat> so you can probably understand and why I was upset. I adore the chaotic sound clips, confusion of the podcast. So I hope that never changes. All my coworkers think I'm crazy as I will burst out laughing in a quiet room. Keep up the good work. Love you guys. Love you too. I don't pay for free apps. Here. Here. And the last one is from Captain Cybertrini. 
The title is Cue the Admirals Club theme and hello from Trinidad. Cool. <laughs> I don't know how. I I can't. I don't. I can't. It took, don't even you, have, so, it took you so long to find that review because you went alphabetically. And you landed on Trinidad. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, I can't even think what movies the what movies have been set in Trinidad. Is that a Bond thing? Uh, I don't remember. I can't even summon Trinidad. up a, an accent. It probably would be horrendous anyway. So, uh, anyhow, it would, uh, it I don't would know. Be, just go go with as 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 Car- Caribbean as you. <laughs> I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave this one alone. <laughs> Um, anyway, Captain says, I don't know how, but these guys made me eagerly anticipate a podcast about Shade of Grey. Uh, made me reconsider, though not change, my opinion of Dr. Pulaski. That was from Matt. And made a spoof of Britney Spears' song stuck in my head so long it outlasted her conservatorship. <laughs> these guys are geniuses. The community around this podcast is amazing. I certainly agree. Well, that's true. And what's that? I said that's true. And the episodes are great for any fan of Star Trek, whatever our level of fandom. I've been following Matt since the days of the Sister Wives on Nerdist. Wow. What's that? Me and Jonah were the Sister Wives. Oh. Uh, his guest appearance on Gilmore Guys uh, dropped in occasionally on James Bonding. I really need to check if they ever discuss the Bond themes connection to Trinidad. There you go. I mean, Matt, any idea? The Bond, do you mean the James Bond theme itself. Oh, there you which go. Was I, don't know. I hate. I see. I feel like musical. I sometimes accidentally give you a pop quiz. That is not my intention. <laughs> it's um, never. It's never accidental, and it's all the time. It's well, it's just not how your brain works. Right. I'm not. To me, I'm, I'm going to someone. By it. I always assume is like everybody else is smarter than me. Does anybody else have an answer to this? And you're just the guy who's across from me for several hours a week uh re-engage with his his and dory's excellent adventure and even listen to his you made it weird episode twice if you think these episodes are long um i've only been introduced to andy through this but now it's like the bader meinhoff phenomenon now and that he was everywhere all the time (laughs) Uh, I'm not going to be surprised when someone shares a pic of him in Trials and Tribulations. <laughs> this podcast, uh, Kyle, start working on it. Kyle, Lieutenant Commander Kyle Barker. <laughs> uh, this podcast is the best, and I eagerly await every episode, even somehow, Shades of Grey. Hashtag live long and podcast. Thank you so much, Captain. And uh, shout out to Trinidad. <laughs> here, here. There, there. Uh, that's it for the Admirals Club. And that was the Admirals Club. <laughs> All right. There you go. The United Federation of Planets President Circle. Is this because the original guy named James Bond who wrote the book Birds of the West Indies was doing all of his bird watching in Trinidad? Possibly. Thank you. Okay. I'm just that's I'm submitting that as my guest. It seems it seems reasonable. I will submit this as my guest. Guess? Guess. Will I be right? Find out next year. Goldeneye was Jamaica, right? 
the Golden Eyes uh, located in Jamaica. Yeah, Jamaica. North in Jamaica. Jamaica. Um, Ooh, <laughs> I want to take it to the Florida Keys. Remember when James Bond sang that? <laughs> a place <laughs> called Tobago. <laughs> All right. Anyway, it's a uh, President Circle, guys. A lot of fun perks. President Circle, of course, is our top tier in the Patreon. If you're if you want more episodes of the show, well, there's plenty over there. Entire back catalog for you, in fact. Uh, but we've been doing a couple giveaways. We foolishly said, "Hey, let's do Rovember," and announced the winner. Um, and we Stephen did. Stephen McDowell. <laughs> yep. Stephen McDowell. Uh, and this is what Stephen McDowell wrote in. I uh, reached out to him. I have sent him his his ill-gotten goods. I guess they're they're fairly gotten <laughs> goods. They're just cr- trashy. Um, and he says, uh, thank you, Matt and Andy, for this very prestigious Rovember Award. I feel just like Worf after he won champion standing at the Batleth tournament <laughs> in that one quantum reality. Steve <laughs> uh, McDowell is from Keswick, Ontario, Canada. Thanks so much again. Love the podcast. Lieutenant Steve McDowell, Rovember winner, champion standing. Uh, and what I sent him, I think I started to say this in a previous episode, I sent him... Um, a picture of a child Ensign Rowe and child Guinan peeking from behind a corner, a sort of a glossy photo. <laughs> uh, I sent him an Ensign Rowe uh, comic um, that has her in, uh, in some kind of you know creepy gown with a phantom behind her. And the title is Be- The Bajoran and the Beast. <laughs> so I have no idea what that's about. You'll have to uh, let us know. Uh, and I sent him a row pog, real, real, real uh, throwback. Um, and uh, the last, uh, no, it wasn't even the last thing. Wow, I really went nuts here. I sent him uh, an Ensign Row a Bajoran nose ridge, not not an actual collectible, just if he wants to play dress up at home. Uh, from Etsy, if How you guys want to. How could he not? Wants of course, why not? Um, be a slightly fiery Bajoran. Um, and uh, lastly, I sent him an Ensign Row uh, episode laser disc. <laughs> so in laser disc with the slightly uh, valueless uh, quality of the uh, of the podcast, you've now been awarded your Rovember prizes. Um, and now for. December, we were moving on to Decenterprise. Sure, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. you were going to, now we'll see if Matt lives up to his word, where you were going to uh, send some lucky winner your Enterprise, right? My NCC 1701 with the broken uh, deflector dish, which I have here in my hand still. Tiny and you were going dish. to autograph it i believe i was going to if they wanted it signed right i guess you whether you want it if they want it further yeah. devalued if or they not. want to further make it <laughs> worth nothing uh i was gonna have andy and myself sign it uh which, both of us to sign it he's really stacking the deck for you to never get this <laughs> no nah, not true not true i think i can make it happen uh okay. we could sign the enterprise itself uh we could sign the box whatever you prefer yeah. But that's the fun of Decenterprise, you know? It's yeah. kind of like Matt gets rid of something, 
somebody gets something. It's a win-win. That's right. <laughs> Sorry, there won't be any laser discs included this month. <laughs> you get it's a kind of a legitimate prize. No, I mean, um, your your prize is legitimate. I mean, they're plentiful. I don't know if any of them are crazy. legitimate. Uh, are we? Do you want to do our drawing now? All right, Andy. What I'm actually going to do is pick a number between one, two. Sorry, two. Which uh, you know, this uh, cell starts on two, and then all the way down to number eight hundred and eighty-two. So, let me share the screen with you, so you can double verify, or triple verify, if you will. Because my third eye. Yep, you have third eye window into the soul, whatever you want to call it. Bo 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 bo. We're gonna Exciting. go. That seems deceptively two boring. Eight hundred eighty-two. <laughs> yes. And here we go. Are you ready, everybody? Yeah. Thank you. I feel like I should have some music to like something to do this. Yeah, should be some kind of like whether it's a um, drum roll or. A, uh, here we go, everybody. You ready? Fair. Yeah. And generate. What? Whoa, number four. I'm sorry. That was number four, Andy. I keep hitting space bar. It keeps generating a new number. I can't believe it. But the first number one was four. four. Can you believe it? Wow. <laughs> number four. Who's number four? That's going to be a newbie. That's going to be someone who goes, you know, it paid off joining this Patreon. Yeah. Who was it? It is Nick Lambert. Nick Lambert. Nick Lambert, President Circle member, new to the pod, new to the President Circle, I mean. Uh, congratulations, Nick. You're our number one guy right now. You know, he has a... Uh, he has uh, We were wondering about sending it to somewhere overseas. He has Soviet in his... Oof. I'm not going to say what his email is because I don't want to... I don't know if he's comfortable in with it. In his but, uh, email. So yeah. if you can crack that code, let us know. <laughs> you can maybe <coughs> maybe make him an offer on this. Um, and he'll tell us if he wants it signed, not signed, <laughs> where to send it. Yes, right in, Nick. And why he loves our podcast, a 400-word essay. Thank you. <laughs> you don't have to do that, Nick. Nick no, that last part you don't have to do. Part of the thing. So you're going to get your enterprise. NCC 17001. And uh, and uh, for those of who have forgotten in the uh, in our long break, now is not only are we giving away that, but right now we are in Janeway area. No, that's right, everybody. It's a new month and it's a new giveaway. Yes, Janeway. <laughs> Janeway. Uh, so. Wait, didn't we <clears throat> didn't we have a Janeway theme? I don't know if you can find that. Oh my god. I'm sure you can't. Did we? Anyway, um Roll, roll, no, that's roll November. <laughs> maybe we didn't have one. <laughs> maybe I'm maybe I'm mistaking it. Uh anyhow, um we're gonna go away some get Janeway themed uh, items. Probably in keeping with what you heard. And I'm Devanani Rao. Hey, Devanani. It's been a long <laughs> time. Where have you been? All you got to um, do is join our show. 
uh, before the end of J- January, January, and uh, we will be doing another drawing at the beginning of next month. In the meantime, we can uh, start wow. reading our hails. Man, that was uh, that was something that was else. long. It wasn't as long as it seems like. Possibly, we started. Uh, late. We can start reading our uh, going on to our Christopher Pike Medal of Valor awardee every month in the President's Circle. We give away. Or we don't give away anything additional other than a uh, Christopher Pike Medal of Valor for hails above and beyond the call of duty. And the first one, uh, you're going to need a link for this, Matthew, which I am sending you. Um, the first one is from uh, Chris Casimiro, who, uh, interestingly, I think um, several people did, but I think he was one of the key people that sent us that Devanani Rall sound originally. Uh, and he says, hi, Andy and Matt. Since you guys mentioned it so much, this is in regards to Pegasus. I I made a super cut of 12 years. <laughs> I posted it to Patreon thought it might be easier if I emailed you the attached MP3. It's uh, 40 seconds long. It's 1% of the runtime of this fucking show. It's insane. He says, I had fun making this. Hope you enjoy it. Thanks for all you guys do. Warm regards, Chris Casimiro, who calls himself Captain Crandall in the... Patriot. He might as well be Captain Crandall. He got quite a bit of setup, and uh, that's our payoff. I can Here tell you is. this is hilarious having watched this. As you know, the starship Pegasus was lost in this sector some 12 years ago, along with most of her crew. We can finish what we started 12 years ago. It won't be like it was 12 years ago. A lot of things can change in 12 years. <laughs> 12 years ago, a lot of older and more seasoned officers turned away from their duty. This room was open to space for 12 years. It was wrong 12 years ago, and it is wrong today. <laughs> now, that doesn't sound like the same man who grabbed a phaser and defended his captain 12 years ago. I've had 12 years to think about it. <laughs> I think that's what happened 12 years ago. <laughs> it's insane. Do you see him stay all? as our guest? About four years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. I didn't hear that part. Good job, Chris. Uh, excellent work. Um, really makes that, that episode was, worse now, doesn't it? Was us noting how many times they said 12 years. Um, this was another uh, sort of news flash. This is this is another another Pike uh, Medal of Valor for inside info. Sometimes we give it away for craftsmanship, as with uh, Captain Crandall. Sometimes it's uh, like Lieutenant Mark Movie King Schultes's inside information. Andy and Matt, gentlemen, I just met the fantastic Ronnie Cox, and he did not disappoint. I was having him sign a RoboCop poster. When I mentioned Jellico, he perked up and shouted, I straightened that ship out. It's <laughs> 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 pretty funny. Uh, it's obvious he's still very proud of the role. And I may have a scoop. I mentioned the podcast and the continuous debate about Delta Shift, and he said he just recorded a Jellico performance for Star Trek Prodigy. I was on the fence before, but I'm sold now. Oh, so, my God. That's amazing. Sounds like he's going to be in Prodigy. It feels like weird that they would have him do Prodigy and not like wind up on Lower Decks. Very strange, since, especially since I think they already make Delta Shift references on Lower Decks. <laughs> that's funny. Um, Maybe Prodigy got to him first. Sons of bitches. In the Jellico fight. Sons of bitches. Now we're into the Priority One messages proper. Oh, thank God. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. It's from Lieutenant Kathleen Guzman. Uh, this is obviously very dated at this point. 
But I hope everybody had great holidays in our absence. Uh, Kathleen says, thanks for the Xmas present this episode. I got excited when I saw the notification pop up. I don't know if it's the best present, but it's definitely my favorite. Happy holidays, everyone. <laughs> I did I did wind up putting that up, I think, on Christmas. Oh, there you go. Possibly the day before, because Andy nice. was like, why didn't you put it up? Or, no, I said to Andy, it's totally up, dude. <laughs> and then he's like, uh, no. And then I looked, and I just had never clicked the fucking publish button. So you got it three days later than it was supposed to be out. Well, Look, I, not that I it was go. supposed to be out. You got it three weeks later than it was supposed to be out, and three yeah. days after I thought I put it up. We're not the most efficient ship. In the I'm fleet. not the most efficient ship. Um, Lieutenant Cosmo Moore, old friend, T. Earl Grey, kind of warm, writes uh, regarding Pegasus. I love this episode. Still get geek tingles when the Enterprise cloaks. Uh, Matt, isn't the science vessel class that the Pegasus is one of the lamest ships of all time? The Oberth? Apparently. I know it's a science ship, so it isn't supposed to be cool, but every time I came across that micro-machine toy, I would angrily toss it across the room. I don't want to play with that. (laughs) And then John Poindexter... 12 years ago when I first saw the Oberth class ship. (laughs) 12 years ago? Uh, John Poindexter has retorted, Boo, I love the Oberth class. It's nice to see the ship designs that aren't just a redress of the Constitution class. So, I mean, it's different, certainly. You know, first see the Oberth in uh, Star Trek Three, uh, I think, the Grissom. Yeah. 12 um, years. 12 years, man. That is... Remember 12 years ago, man? 12 years ago. <laughs> 12 years ago when you made the decision. It's been in seven episodes of TNG, two episodes of Lower Decks, one episode of DS9, and four of the Star Trek films, the Oberth class. That's How many of those times would you say it was the exact same model? All of the times, except for Lower Decks, because it's animated. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but other than that, yep, definitely the same model. Lieutenant Neil Studd writes... Just wanted to make an early pitch for Echebuary. <laughs> Getting even more awkward as we go. That's even the month when season two of Picard will be debuting. Um, that is going to be one lame gift. No, uh, no, sh- no shade to Echeb. <laughs> why did you? Why did you tell us Picard is coming? That's that's some news. We're leaning, by the way, or at least I am leaning. Andy's leaning, because I haven't leaned anywhere yet. Toward putting Picard behind the paywall to spare the paying customers, ironically. (laughs) Um, Because we got so much angry, and so many angry responses. So if you have a very strong... because our numbers went way up. Did they go up? (laughs) Yes. Oh, well, maybe. You know, who knows? If you have a strong opinion, feel free to shout out. Um... Uh, we were very timely, though. We were weekly, you know? That is true. We were staying on it. Eric Peebles uh, says, You ever consider we are within the borders of a benevolent galactic federation that won't make contact with us until we are sufficiently advanced but are also keeping the evil aliens from wrecking our stuff? Every treaty violation could result in our doom, and we would never see it coming. So maybe Picard should have quietly snuck away. Not everyone in the in Federation territory is part of the club. Uh, the edible kicked in, so I'm going to watch the new Matrix. Merry Christmas. <laughs> oh, what a journey you went on. 
That is a good movie to watch. Hi. I would guess. Um, Andy, did you see the new Matrix? I'm guessing no. Are you? Is that, are you reading still? Someone asking you the question? Or I don't have a. Me? I don't have a a reading voice. I read in a casual voice. I speak in a casual voice. Either that, or I, really, I speak in a, I really, as though I'm reading a letter. No, because the people always know. The people know you read the hails. A lot yes. of times, people address you by name. Mm. And it wouldn't surprise me if the guy who decided to go eat an edible yes. had like gone, oh, wait, Andy, have you seen it yet? Oh, that's fair. <laughs> that is fair, since they know I'm the only one that reads yes, these. Yes, But the answer I'm I asking haven't you, seen, I haven't seen it, but I played, I played the Don't Unreal you. Engine demo on PlayStation 5. Oh, they have a new game coming out? Very cool. Oh, all right. I know that the last Matrix game I played was endlessly frustrating. And I kept playing it to try and get to all the cutscenes, <laughs> which were also, were also frustrating, frankly. Um, Andy Tubbs writes, Riker's like, be right back. Going to go lurk around an episode of Enterprise real quick. Um, Merry Christmas. Hang on. I just want to show Andy the gameplay on this. Okay. Oh, wait. The wrong thing. I hit the wrong thing. I'm just going to finish this. Merry Christmas, everybody. Been listening for a couple of months, catching up currently in early season six. Love the show. Thank you, Andy. Ready? Yes. This is the game. Yeah. If that was the action. That's no. the game. It's the game. What they wanted. These are the graphics of the Unreal Engine. The new no Unreal shit. Engine. Yep. Holy crap. But this is a this is a cutscene. No, it's not a cutscene. That is up the play. You're playing that. Here's 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 the gameplay. Gameplay. Holy crap! I never even stole a car. I flew around though. You know what's insane? This is this is the game. Jesus! You know what's insane is that these actual playable images. From this game, look better than the cutscenes from the original game that I played. The live-action cutscenes. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Whoa! I just, I just did a sincere reading of Keanu Reeves's "Whoa." <laughs> that was not even put on. Yeah, but like all this, like this is all. This you is you all get the to answers. be Trinity. This is the gameplay. Ah. Oh, uh, this is... See, this is what the game always should have been. You gotta hand it to Wachowskis. Is, they're very tied into... Nerd culture, anime, these video games. They were trying to do a whole world of having these things branch out and build a whole new thing. Oh, yeah. So it's a shame that the game wasn't that good. It had cool stuff, but... Well, some of these have got to be cutscenes because they're cuts. But it's seamless with the gameplay. You see, wow. like this is the game. This is the game. Oh man! You can change it to day or night. It's like it's pretty crazy. You know, the other thing is 
anyway okay so this does feel like a city also it does like as a right. as a new york yeah. city boy this does feel like you know Sometimes you're in a game and like this doesn't feel like a game. This doesn't feel like a city. This feels like Los Angeles, which is. I was watching Ghostbusters, the original Ghostbusters, last night, and uh, that is like to that for me somehow that is the most New Yorky of movies. It's extremely New Yorky, yes. Like everything. Like <laughs> I love the part where they're talking about the neighborhood, fucking <laughs> the neighborhood being a demilitarized zone, which it was then. Yeah. In eighty three or eighty two, whenever the hell they shot it, um, but now that is like the fanciest of fancy. Oh my god! I shot that's like I, that was very close to the studio where I did After Trek, right? And it was like it's all the Wall Street guys <laughs> live down there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everything was a gajillion of dollars. Yeah. Anyway. Um. All right, Chuck Credo. Ghostbusters, the mayor wants to see you. <laughs> um, Chuck Rito writes, uh, three hours, God bless us, everyone. This was because our episode was three hours. I think Patrick Stewart channeled his version of Scrooge when he dresses down Riker in this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Michael C. Bazarewski, pecan, pecan fan art curator. Writes, Quantum Leap's ending was a very last-minute decision. There was even a different ending. We had a long, uh, as you may remember, digression on Quantum Leap's ending. There was even a different ending filmed, uh, at least somewhat. The cancellation happened after the last episode of Season 5 was completed. So this wasn't a screw you to anyone. It was an, oh, crap, we have to do something. But why do that? He sent a bunch of links, which I hesitate to send you, because then you're just going to sit there silently reading. Uh, John Poindexter. He's learning. <laughs> right. Anyone else feel like we keep running into bad morals because people like Picard and Riker are so reluctant to step up to the admiralty? I thought this was a <laughs> super valid point. And even Kirk is a, an admiral, and then he fucking goes back to being a, a captain. That's so funny. That is so funny, so accurate. Side note, because I just love to make this podcast longer. Um, have you ever seen The Enemy Below? The Robert Mitchum movie. Uh, no. Uh, I watched it last night. Um, I'm trying to remember the... Uh, Are what's you going to send me a link now, and now I'm going to have to watch the movie no, no, while no. you're talking? Uh, well, that's the only way I'm going to be able to make my point. So if you could just sit there for two hours. I'm waiting. Um, it is what the episode Balance of Terror in TOS is based on, uh-huh. except it's with a sub and a destroyer. And it was fantastic. It was the most, you know, manly men. There's not a single woman in it, except that one story is told about a dead wife. That's it. But uh, but uh, it's oddly humanistic for the time in terms of uh, its take on war. You know, the, the Germans are presented as human beings and... And it's just really, it's just a great cat and mouse thing, as was the original Balance of Terror terror episode. So, if you're looking for some vintage thing to enjoy, check it out. It's on Criterion. Um, To our sponsor, Criterion, uh, use the the, uh, coupon code uh, MattAndAndyCriterion. No, we don't. I would love it if Criterion represented us or or sponsored us, but they don't. (laughs) Why would they? (laughs) 
<laughs> exactly. We're going to release Criterion issue episodes of podcasts. Because I give uh, recommendations like I just did. Okay. Somebody get in touch with Criterion. Command Master Chief Robert Garrison. Uh, hello? Writes. Hello? This is Jim Criterion? <laughs> oh, no. Hello. What, what can I do for you? <laughs> no, we wanted the actual Criterion channel, Jim. Oh, uh, that, that this happens all the time. They actually live down the block. I, I'll go get them. <laughs> hey, Criterion channel. <laughs> what do you want, Jim? <laughs> yeah, phone, it's a phone call. <laughs> oh, no. Somebody called you instead of me again? Yeah, yeah. Thank God we live this close. <laughs> Hey, uh, I'll give you their number. Thank you. What's your number? <laughs> it's one criterion. What? Hey, you're listening. It's one criterion. I don't know Wait a that's second. Not... That's my number. That's my number. <laughs> <laughs> and scene. Um, if you uh, also if you uh, join the Patreon, we're going to be doing a new sketch with Jim Criterion every month. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> We're really not. Terrible idea. Only <laughs> <laughs> drive them away. Why did our numbers <laughs> drop so much? Oh, no. It's the Jim Criterion sketches. Um, Command Master Chief Robert Garrison, our most loyal crew member, one might argue. Uh, the events of Pegasus, uh, of the Pegasus incident, happened 12 years before this episode. Boy, do we know that, Master Chief. Um, so six to seven years before was encountered at Farpoint, meaning it took Riker five to six years to go from ensign to commander and first officer of the Federation flagship, and he has already turned down a captaincy. And then Alex Diahans' take on this is, poor, Cara, poor Harry Kim is <laughs> <laughs> an ensign forever. <laughs> Um, Martin Thomas Couture writes Kent Picard Day role model sheer fucking hubris <laughs> uh, John G writes that's this funny because the, the, the show where they say that to him it's true um, John G writes this episode being called the Pegasus and including a mutiny storyline story reminded me that at least for Andy, going through DS9, you'll see a lot of overlap in storylines between what Ron Moore does on DS9 and very similar elements of stories he'll also do on uh, Battlestar Galactica. There's a ship called the Pegasus in Battlestar Galactica, captained by Michelle Forbes. My dream, my dream Ensign Rovembers? Shell Forbes? <laughs> That's right. Uh, unfortunately, Matt will miss these references unless he wises Shell. up. Shell Forbes. <laughs> That's because you're so tight with her. <laughs> Uh, Matt will miss these references unless he wises up and binges Battlestar Galactica before then we all know he will love the show with all its military procedures and protocols Never. taken seriously come on Matt just do it Never. Lieutenant Cam writes regarding the conversation about reevaluating the command structure Andy read it as overly harsh on Riker since Badmiral, Badmiral Pressman ordered him to keep mum we saw only a few minutes earlier what that what made Picard want Riker to be his first officer was his willingness to stick by the safety of the ship and not a reverence for the rules in his own career. Since the whole Pegasus thing is Riker doing the exact opposite of that, I read that as a conversation about as Picard's attempt to shame Riker into telling him more about what's happening. He isn't saying Riker is to blame for this. He is saying he doesn't know if he wants him to be first officer since he's not doing the one thing he wants from his number one. If I'd been Riker, it would have worked on me and I would have spilled the beans then, there and then. 
I think this is mm. this is a valid point. Not me. It would have been lips are sealed. Good luck you, you trying to get this information roll? out of me. <laughs> <laughs> ah, come on, if it was Picard, you would immediately Sorry, folded. Sorry, Captain. The Badmiral outranks you. <laughs> Chief Tactical Officer Troy Ray says, Pressmen can't order people to do illegal things, and Starfleet personnel can't follow illegal orders. Picard might have done things differently and asked for volunteers, and then the crew, out of loyalty, would have volunteered, just like Admiral Kirk did when he stole the Enterprise. Uh, Toby Shandor says, As I was falling asleep last night listening to an older episode of the podcast, I had a thought. A lot of people do this. Uh, everywhere on the Enterprise, you hear the comforting hum of the ship's engines, except on the holodeck. Are we to assume the holodeck has noise-canceling tech? If so, why not use that in other areas of the ship, too? It's very expensive. The noise-canceling technology? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And because the Enterprise, you know, is built by the Federation that doesn't use money, they can't really get a hold of that much stuff. Well, there you go. <laughs> Matt fixed it? Uh, it seems weird, but all right. <laughs> That's it for the president circle. We're into the hails proper. All right, so let's do this whole thing where we leave this very room. We went through the wrong door, everybody. We're in the hallway. Don't worry. <laughs> we're here. We're in the hallway. Somebody was coming in to the president's circle the same time we were going out to the hallway. So. Doors open. And we're being hailed. Carlos Rivera uh, tweeted at us, uh, at Sexual Chocolate is his handle, if you want to respond. Uh, fan theory. The universe where Wesley is still on the D is the universe where he didn't help the mouth breather, got into Starfleet on the first try, graduated early, and was brought back on the Enterprise by Captain Riker. <laughs> I, I love knowing what theory. he was up to in Parallels Town. <laughs> yeah, I love it. This guy, there has to be one, if not many, memory beta situations that address that Wesley. Um, that, that particular Wesley. Yeah, it's because it's so. I don't know. Even just seeing him, I'm like, ooh, I want to find out. Like, I, I. I I'm with Carlos here. Like well, I want to know what would have happened. As you him. might know, Andy Wesley Crusher went on to be the chief engineer of the USS Titan uh-huh. under Captain Riker. In, and the in security our, no in memory beta in memory beta in the books and the security officer on board the USS Titan was Tuvok. How about oh, that? Did we find that out last time? No, I'm just telling you information that's in my head from reading those books. <laughs> I love it. See, this is why I ask you endless questions. <laughs> um, Clay Keller uh, wrote to us. Uh, I don't know how to tell you guys this, but apparently ben, Brent Spiner, <laughs> this is my favorite thing, wrote a fictional memoir about him solving a mystery while shooting TNG. I've never ne- read it, needed to read a book more in, urgently in my life. Did you know this, Matt? No. It's amazing looking, just even from the cover. Uh, it's also very, very savvy. Um, story on the Pegasus and Frakes from Adam Kuch. Kutch? I don't know. K-U-C-H. Uh, I hope I'm somewhere close, Adam. 
Um, Andy, Matt, only just are you? Lo- I bet you're looking it up now, aren't you? Yeah, I'm listening to you. Oh, okay, good. Am I, just uh, wrong, am I looking at the wrong screen for you? No, yeah, no, I don't know. Yeah, look, look right into the camera. <laughs> That's even more disturbing. <laughs> I feel like you're really looking at me. I don't like this. <laughs> it's just frozen and smiling. You know, it's fake because he's smiling. Uh, I only just recently found your podcast, and I am enjoying it. I'm listening to new episodes and going back through episodes especially the TNG episodes that are significant in my memory. I'm not sure if this email is early, late, or or late for your take on the episode The Pegasus. You're right on time, pal. This episode of TNG is fixed in my memory. It's the episode where the plot was spoiled by Jonathan Frakes. I was going to a lot of sci-fi conventions at the time, and one featured Frakes and Marina Sirtis. When Frakes took questions from the audience, someone asked him why the Federation didn't have the cloaking devices, didn't have cloaking devices. Why people ask this question to an actor, I don't know. <laughs> Frakes answered, we did an episode on that. Wait, you haven't seen it yet? <laughs> there, was <a> smattering, <laughs> there was a smattering of no from the audience. He flashed a wry smile and said, sorry. <laughs> the episode aired several weeks later. Take That's heed. Funny. No spoiler warnings from Frakes. Still, he and Marina Sirtis were great to hear at the convention. Thanks for the show, Adam. I love Q- it. You must have. He must have given you a spoiler or two in his day, old Frakesy. <laughs> no, I mean, no. I that what the last convention I saw him at, like as a fan at a convention, was like it was probably between season six and seven. It was in August. He didn't. He Why wasn't do I remember yet that? on a first a boy, first oh name boy. basis. With Not yet, but I knew I would be one day, Myra. Um, Q continuum question from uh, um, from Ensign Jacobs. Long time listener, first time caller. Easily the greatest podcast for extended listening. You're the session beer of podcasting. <laughs> um, here's my question: Does the Q continuum come with any podcast access, like the lieutenants and captains tiers? Patreon doesn't state any podcasts, so it looks like I'd be paying to sit in on a podcast. Well, I mean, if you want I'm us to Australia. record a special podcast for you, we will do it. If you'd like to I'm join in a- that yeah, tier. I'm in Australia, and while I'd love to sit in with you guys, that ain't happening. But I'd easily pay up front for a few years of additional podcast access. $1,200 sounds about right. Few years of additional po- so if we so Andy, what he's telling us is we have to start banking episodes that are in the Q continuum only, right? And that eventually he will pay twelve hundred dollars for it once we've banked a couple of years worth of podcasts. Uh, and he says, regards from down under, Ensign. I'll cut off your Jacobs. Um, I um, I think there's actually a reason a reasoning to that because if I was a really diehard fan of a podcast and there was a section that was like there are more i'm a completist we would definitely make some poor person pay that amount if we banked episodes ever like an extra episode every month right yeah are we doing it it's up to you no everything is always up to you we're not sorry Uh, but but the the opportunity is still open i'm gonna join i'd like for and for that one month or for however many months you wanted to be a part of it if you wanted us to do two extra podcasts every month that were just for your tier, we would do it for as long for, as you wait. were an active member. Oh, yes, that's fair. 
Oh, and that's an interesting reversal. So instead of being a guest, you would get two podcasts two. that literally are only for you. <laughs> that would be an insane rich person that paid for that. Um, Lieutenant Gareth King writes, uh, Quantum Leap. Yes, there is an episode. Oh, so this was, I had a question was, wasn't there an episode where there was a devil? And there was an episode where there was a devil in Quantum Leap, where, where there's the devil. It's implied that he's Satan. <laughs> and then Not Evil Leapers are a separate episode because I was saying I was mixing them up. So there was also Evil Leapers that do r- evil wherever they go. Gotcha. Um, all the best from NYC. Oh, you're from uh, hometown. Uh, Gareth. Thank you, Gareth. Uh, Cetaceous of Borg from Benjamin Brower. Hi, Andy and Matt. I've discovered the next conversation last week, and since then I've made it through episode 17, plus a few episodes from season two and three. First off, I want to say great job on the podcast. Thanks for taking the time to make it. Second, I had no idea that the Enterprise had dolphins and whales aboard until you mentioned it. Uh, I started thinking about it, and I had a thought. In one of the later episodes, we learn that there are an infinite number of parallel universes. In one of those universes, the Borg have nearly completed, completely assimilated Federation. Surely that means that at least one galaxy-class starship has been assimilated, and since all our most galaxy-class ships have cetacean ups, that means there are probably Borgified dolphins and whales roaming the galaxy. Oh, my. <laughs> Maybe some Borg ships have been specially outfitted to accommodate the cetacean drones, too. Thanks for a great podcast. I think a lot of people have been on edibles when they've been listening. That is a fantastic theory, <laughs> and I would love to see it. Cetacean ups with the bor- Borgified. Um, You've been that. Borgified! <laughs> Do you think it ever goes down like that? I hope so. <laughs> um, this one is from frequent uh, writer in our Darnell Smith. Uh, hi, Andy and Matt. First off, uh, didn't Terry O'Quinn's description of Young Riker sound a lot like Boimler aboard the Titan? Just a young kiss-ass tripping his way into the wrong end of a mutiny. Uh, second, I think that Andy struggles with understanding chain of command dilemmas. That's where he gets a little bit <laughs> a little bit condescending. Uh, my ears are perked up. I know. Uh, I knew you would love this one. Oh, someone's talking down to Andy. Let me get in it's on this my action. language. <laughs> Go. There's a few that have confounded him over Agreed. the run of the series. <laughs> Uh, and then he lists them off for your delight, Matt. Let's Commander Shelby. It. Commander Shelby going to Picard over Riker's head. Riker failing to create Delta Shift when Jellico ordered it. Why it's okay for admirals to call Picard John Luke. That, in fairness, is a, that's a Matt thing. That's not a me thing. I think he's constantly talking about how they call him. Right? No, no, that's no, you. No, no. That's not me. I'm talking about that's, that's a writer shorthand of familiarity. Right. Well, that, I think that, you were... I thought it's an issue you have, or you're just no, noting it. I just note it. I, I think yeah. it's a silly thing. I think it's like, right? You know, they just well, dispense with as... the ranks and go, "Well, Jean Luc, you that know counts I... as an issue." Jean Luc, you know, I'd never tell you to do something the Enterprise wasn't supposed to do. <laughs> wink, wink. Uh, and now, why Packard was ready to relieve Riker for lying and omission of the truth is a form of a lie. Uh, I don't know if I'd agree with that right well, off the bat. That, right that is that is a that is a it's a hard that is a, a Picardism. 
And I mean, well, that's certainly what he says. But a lie of omission is still a lie. That's what he says. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't what know about a white lie? The first duty is to the truth. You know all the mean things I haven't said to you. Are the those? first duty is a that's that you son of a bitch. What haven't you said to me? Oh Jesus! In Pegasus, Riker has dead a dead second- to me, and he's dead to me. <laughs> Wait a minute, let me finish the hail at least. In Pegasus, Riker has a second duty to follow lawful orders. His first duty, we all know, is to the truth. As Matt says, <laughs> ADM Pressman kept the cloaking device a secret solely because it violated the treaty, meaning his orders to Riker to keep quiet were not lawful orders. It was my, it was Riker's obligation not to obey them. This is also probably why Pressman's crew mutinied, not the reason Riker remembered. When Riker stonewalled Picard, he broke the trust between Captain and XO. Riker had a duty to answer Picard's questions truthfully and really once Picard knew the truth of the Pegasus and that Riker was complicit in the cover-up Riker should have been removed from duty and tried as Pressman's co-conspirator I wonder uh, if what Andy is seeking from the writing in these situations is more exposition on what's the right thing to do since it's not clear to people who have never served in a strict command structured organization Um, uh, Darnell is, uh, is a member of the service thank you for your service but not your tone, Darnell. I appreciate your um, tone and your service. <laughs> um, uh, I wonder... So I already said that. Especially uh, your tone. <laughs> maybe since Andy's worked on TV shows, Matt can give a writer's room analogy to a, strek, to a Trek command uh, dilemma when Andy gets worked up. For Pegasus, it'd be like a studio exec giving the episode writer revisions that violate the network show guidelines... While keeping the showrunner in the dark about it, that would be you can see amazing. Matt's reaction, which is the same as my reaction. Just flush it out for us, Matt. Is that a good example? It's not a great example for a number of reasons, but I appreciate the effort. Why not? I want to hear why. Well, because there would be no point where where notes would come to us that wouldn't go to the showrunner, right? Uh. There's no point where the showrunner wouldn't know what was happening. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, there is a point between shooting it and him seeing it in the edit bay, or yeah. her seeing it in the edit bay. Right. Um, then I'd, then it would be like, then they'd see it. Um, yeah, well, it's the kind main, of impossible to do. The main thing... <clears throat> I think these are some valid points, but the, and, I, and I get the thing of like, that he was doing something unlawful... I think where I get confused is I feel like there have been instances in the show where an order comes from above that has to do with security that where even Picard is sort of overruling what is addressed as lawful. It's just in this case, the thing that is addressed as unlawful is also seems immoral, I believe, is the real undercurrent, is that they're being dishonest and trying to shift the balance of power that will end up in the loss of lives and so forth uh, in the universe. So, I don't know. Do you get what I'm saying? No? Not really. I guess I just feel like, is it, aren't there situations in Star Trek, many possibly, where someone has been ordered to do something and told to keep it quiet for security reasons. No, Even... I 
That only happened in Star Trek. And they're going around treaties, and they're going around various things. The trope of Star Trek, the only time that it really ever happens is when that person is shady. Just like in Star Trek and as it's written. Like, you'll never see Captain Picard order someone not to reveal something, except for the one episode where he was telling Data to not reveal what happened when they needed the whole crew's memory to be wiped. Yes, I guess That's I'm thinking the more. Only time I'm thinking more ones where they're like required to be spies, but um, required like, to be spies. Like, I don't know, like when, like, uh, like the Cardassian, the Cardassian infiltration. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, what's your question about? Well, isn't like, that unlawful? So in, they're like certainly breaking, you know. Or is if it's just straight out espionage, does that not count? And why doesn't this count as straight out espionage? Well, it's not espionage. It's it's developing tech that was you were told in sign in good faith that you wouldn't develop. Uh huh. All right. I'm still gonna steal the cloaking technology though. <laughs> also, um, like that's that's a presupposition though. Like you're presupposing that the Federation doesn't have cloaking technology. But by the way, spoilers: the fucking Defiant has a cloaking device. Okay. And yeah. the Defiant has a cloaking device because the Federation asked the Romulans yeah. if they could use one on the Defiant. And the Romulans were like, yes, you can use one, but any information that you guys find out from the Gamma Quadrant, from the wormhole next to the to the uh, Deep Space Nine, you have to share with us. And the uh, Federation was like, okay. So like, It seems like that's a... That's a lot of, lot they're giving away in that trade. Who? The uh, Federation. Well, actually, I don't know what the information is going to come out of the Gamma Quadrant, but well. it feels like it would be a lot. Well, I mean, it, it is a lot. I can, see, I can see his brain trying to figure out how to have this conversation without spoiling anything. It, <laughs> it is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Your actual poker face is better than this one. <laughs> uh, we're going to be there soon, guys. It's a lot. Everyone's getting excited about DS9, as am I. Um, and the last thing is a prime corrective. It's a prime corrective. The truth is our objective. <laughs> oh, further than I would have gotten. <laughs> I found it. Time for retrospective Cause truth is our objective It's a prime corrective Cause Matt and he got it wrong This is from Jorgen Peterson um, And uh, he, he uh, admits prime semi-corrective Prime more informative Matt brought up the Prime Directive being a Federation principle And not just a Starfleet one According to Memory Alpha The Directive remained in effect well into the 24th century and applied to at least Starfleet and merchant marine personnel, but specifically did not apply to ordinary Federation citizens. Um, And then it has a bunch of episode references. Despite this, it was occasionally described as a principle of the Federation or its people. Looking at Angel 1 again, it does explicitly say that the Prime Directive is strictly Starfleet doctrine and not not Federation citizens. It's an interesting thought that might have led to more stories, I think, especially during the Enterprise Archer era. Archer and the crew shunning certain Vulcan Federation ideals and rewriting rewriting them to be 
the tenets of Starfleet. That said, I haven't seen all of Enterprise. Either way, it's easy to throw Starfleet and the Federation together. That's it. All right. <laughs> Time for retrospective. Oh, we got an outro. <laughs> it's a prime corrective because Matt Mandy got it wrong. Thanks. If you'd like access to our Priority One messages, join the Patreon. Uh, obviously, we're doing two Voyagers there every month. We're doing Enterprise. We're doing Discovery. Um, uh, if you would like to write us for free, write to sttncpod at gmail.com. Put the title of the episode in the subject heading if you will, if you could. Uh, if you want to tweet or Instagram uh, the other co-host, it's at Matt Myra. If you want to Instagram me, it's at Andrew Secunda. If you want to tweet me, it's at Secunda. If you'd like to send a voice hail, please do. It's 816-TREK-TNC. That is it for the hails. That's it for the hails. Load up the hail bag. All right. It's time to talk about the episode, guys. We're going to talk about uh, Homeward and uh, take it away, Nacho. We crossed many doors to many places. Your hands made us think of all your faces. So, plug TNC in your little board node. Let's talk about this week's episode. Ah, yes, this week's episode, Homeward, which aired the week of January seventeenth, nineteen ninety-four. So it's probably a fall convention that our uh, that our listener was at when the plot of. Uh, Pegasus was ruined by Jonathan Frakes in 1993. <laughs> what a bastard. Andy, what was the number one song back then? Back number in one days? song in the U.S. Yes. Uh, on Hero by Mariah Carey. Uh, Hero by Mariah Carey. Congratulations, Mariah Carey. Your 900th number one song of this show. What else is going on, Andy? No one song in the UK. Things can only get better by D. Ream. Another song I've never heard of. Number one movie, Philadelphia. Number one book, The British Magic. Philadelphia. That's how I say it. Uh, Philadelphia. Number one book, Bridges of Madison County by Robert James Waller. Number one TV show that week, Home Improvement. Uh That week. That's right. That's right, Matt. Uh, remember when uh, Home Improvement ended uh, saying that uh, he never got home? Oh. Uh, <laughs> I, I believe the title card said this, the home was never improved. <laughs> that's, that's better. That's better comedy writing. Deaths that week. Actors Telly Savalas and Hal Smith. Otis oh, the Telly. Show. Who loved you, best. baby? The Events. best lollipop-eating detective and arch-nemesis to James Bond. I don't think I've ever seen an episode of Kojak. Kojak? Wow. That had to be rear-airing constantly. It was on all the time when I was growing up. Oh, it really? It was like, uh, yeah, like, I think when FX launched, it was one of those shows that they were constantly oh, airing, like I The see. Fall Guy. Yeah. Like, Was it good? It was fine. It was, it was 70s detective bullshit. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm trying to like there was so much of my youth spent watching things like The Fall Guy yeah uh, Quincy uh, yeah 
Kojak, Columbo, Murder, She Wrote, uh, Charlie's Angels, The Six Million Dollar Man, The Hulk, The Incredible Hulk, uh, Wonder Woman. Some of these, sure. I'm trying to think of what else would air. Oh, Greatest Not- American Hero and Night yeah. Rider. Yeah. Oh man, that I was like you. the. I wonder what the what the thing is. What out of that list? Why I gravitated toward the ones that I did and not the others? Because it's definitely not Quincy or Kojak or because even the Fall those are Guy. For old people. The Fall Guy was great. I can't believe Fall Guy was Fall entertaining. Guy. Yeah, that I, I appreciate. Uh, and and Murder She Wrote also was a one that I've you know come to appreciate later. Uh, but uh, but yeah, definitely Greatest American Hero, Knight Rider, Charlie's Angels. Um, BJ and the Bear. Care about BJ mm-hmm. and the Bear, Matt? Um, Grizzly Adams. Grizzly Adams when I was a kid. I lost interest when I was older. <laughs> Events. You lost point- interest in the show that starred a bear. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it when the bear was a monkey, as in BJ and the yeah, Bear. Yeah, BJ and the Bear, sure, of course. The 6.7, this is the events. The 6.7 magnitude Northridge earthquake strikes Los Angeles uh, during segment on the Today Show. Host Brian Cumble asks, what is the internet anyway? <laughs> wow, 94. Still asking that. it. I remember that. Is that an at? Is that symbol an at? <laughs> I guess it would have been, wasn't this been pre? Oh, I guess that wouldn't have been pre ads because there were email addresses. Um, that's, where, that's where the discussion came from, if I remember yeah. correctly. E, that's it for this day in Trek. You know All what's right. next? I do indeed. I just left his his home of Palm Springs. Let's that's hear. Nice. That Frank Sinatra, hour. come on! Da, 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 da. It's time for that segment everybody hates. <laughs> time for Frank Sinatra, come on. That's right, Andy. What happened to the chairman of the board that week? Frank is back on the road again, doing what he loves best. This week, he'll play a four-night run at the Broward Center for the Performing Arts in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Broward. Maybe 78 years. What was it? Broward. Broward. Sorry. My apologies to Broward. Broward County. What's in Broward County? County. County. Some horrible crime, if I remember correctly. <laughs> is it from a cop show? Is that one of the, how you know that? No, it's from current events. Oh, an actual. Of the olden crime. times. Ooh. Like the early 90s. Um, anyway, it was in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. He may be 78 years old, but he's still cranking out a full 17 song set list. Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Oh, man. We're such lazy bones. That's Speak for yourself. Like I Frank. did a. I did seven sets last night. Did you at the Tropicana? That'd be Ring a ding ding. If I found out that you were doing sets of any kind and you never invited me, I would be just, very hurt. Just doing. Just, I'm just. I'm going to tour as a stand-up again. I figured, why not get out there and just start hitting the board? <laughs> now is the time. <laughs> I hope everyone's doing okay in this insane world that we live in. FYI. I think I'm doing fine. Yeah. <laughs> You've got like triple immunity at this point. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. Got it. Then I got two shots and a booster. And uh, I mean, I I'm got the booster to too. A, I'm happy to get a fourth. Whatever Somehow they do, whatever avoided I it. I don't know how I'm avoiding it. 
You avoided a booster? No, I got the booster. Well, I'm then avoiding you're avoiding COVID. it by, by being careful and not being yeah. uh, willy-nilly. I, I don't even know why I'm saying that. I fucking let, The only thing that kept me from being a completely solitary person was that I was in a job 10 hours a day. <laughs> yeah, it truly is a dream come true for me. <laughs> being free? Yeah, just being, you know, just... I I, 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 I built some new golf clubs uh, today. Like... Uh, they're drying over there. I've got the the adhesive is drying. Wow! What kind of glue you use on that? What do you, you what do you use a, on that? You use a twenty one. <laughs> you want to use something that's workable. So you got five minutes of of work. It's called the DevCon Home two ton epoxy with a twenty one hundred pound test. Oh yeah, yeah. You could kick it up if to some JB Weld if you'd like, but you know you don't need it. You don't need it. So I'm over there with a blowtorch. I'm I'm heating up the heat up the metal, twist the hosel, get the get the club off the old shaft. And I go to a graphite shaft, you know, stick that in there, go, well, I want a little bit of light, I want a lighter shaft so I can swing faster, you know? Hit me with the uh, home improvement sound again. Oh. <laughs> Yuck. Do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that it ended with the, uh, That's where the uh, money is That cocaine-fueled stand-up act Was enough to get him on ABC Way to go Way to go Keep him on ABC He was there forever That show ran longer than you think it ran Ran? Ran? Ran, ran Land. <laughs> I don't know why it's funny. It's so Apparently, dumb. it really worked for you. It's so dumb. That's why it's funny. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's talk about the Star Trek episode here. I'll tell you what the plot of this is by reading Larry Nemechek's uh, book here, Doctor Trek himself, Star Trek: Generation Companion Revised Edition. Worf and his shipmates are disturbed to find out that his uh, foster brother Nikolai, a cultural observer, I'm sorry, I got to stop you right here, adopted brother, not a foster brother. It's a different form of family making. Yeah. Uh, sheltered the natives in caves to protect them from the planet's suddenly dissipating atmosphere. Like Nikolai Worf assumes a, a Baralan disguise to blend in and assesses the social damage. Picard insists the true on true non-interference under the Prime Directive, which would mean the... Uh, Boralans? Yes, uh, the Boralans would perish along with the wor- uh, with their world. Nikolai won't back down, and he secretly creates a duplicate of the Boralan caves in the holodeck, transports them, planning to keep them safe until they find a new home. Uh, Picard and Worf are furious, feel forced to go along with it, especially since Nikolai reveals that he has fathered a Balarian child. <laughs> so insane. <laughs> uh, Boral's <laughs> Plasmonic storms harm the holodeck system. Uh, whatever. You, you get it. Here we go. 
Um, are you ready, Andy? Oh, well, I, I was. I wasn't born ready, but I became ready for this episode. It it is. It was point. like a a cascade failure of like, why are you so terrible, Paul Sorvino? Your character is like just doing everything wrong. <laughs> why is your character so terrible? Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. It's I I. In some ways, I can't quite figure out what the perspective of the show is on his character. If they think they're pulling off that he's like, yeah, but you can see his perspective. Uh, <laughs> just, I mean, for sure. I, think I mean, they, he's trying to save people, but he is clearly a megalomaniac. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, Paramount has a nice ad that's going to play here. Let's mute it. For the oh, no. Paramount deal with that every time? series, eighteen eighty three. Which every time I drive by it, uh the billboards, a, it looks like a whiskey ad. It's like the sequel to the to Yellowstone. No, Yellowstone is set in the nows, isn't it? It's in the nows. I think this is like the same family except. Oh, it's a prequel. Yeah, prequel. You said sequel. You son of I a apologize. bitch. You confused right. me. I apologize. Whatever. I still haven't seen Spider-Man. At least it has Sam Elliott. And that mustache alone is worth its own trailer. Cheers. We have arrived at Boral 2 in response to an emergency distress call from Lieutenant Worf's foster brother, Nikolai Rozhenko. He has been stationed oh, on the planet Picard as a cultural observer. Namachek, huh. I take the blame back. Analysis, Mr. Data. The planet's atmosphere is dissipating, sir. Intense plasmonic reactions are destroying it. The stratosphere is already breaking down. There are turbulent radiation storms across much of its surface. I estimate that the planet will be uninhabitable in less than 38 hours. The distress call came in only four days ago. Why would Dr. Roshenko have waited so long before sending it? Atmospheric dissipation is a rare and essentially unpredictable event. When it occurs... It- I finally figured out why Riker, why Frakes does this. Why is it? He's so fucking tall. I see. He's just trying to get He really has to level. get down to get in frame and for not to look crazy. Right. They also do a lot of things. He's talking about him like leaning on his knee, leaning forward. They also do a lot of It's a show that is much more about assembling people in the frame than it is about kind of cutting between lots of different people. Um and so it probably requires him expensive, you know? Sure. It requires him to kind of position himself within the frame in a lot of different ways it's rapidly dr Rajenko may not have had sufficient warning <laughs> Worf really was slow to react to that the alarm's going <laughs> off and he still is like wistfully thinking about his brother <laughs> How was that? the dissipation effect is generating plasmonic energy bursts is there any danger to the ship I do not believe so However, we may experience intermittent system failures and power surges as a result. Keep an eye on it. Mr. Wolf, any luck? There is still no response to our hail, sir. I'm attempting to scan the observation post. He could be hurt. Maybe he can't respond. Sensor interference is significant, but the post appears to be intact. Their power grid is still functioning. However, I am reading no life forms within the structure. You should also know that my brother is a megalomaniacal maniac. It's been his dream to be a god figure to some (laughs) civilization. (laughs) I'm detecting faint power emissions from a system of caverns near the post. 
It could be a deflector shield. They can't be native to the planet. The Boralans don't have anything close to that level of technology. Captain, request permission to lead an away team. I'm going Very to well. kill them all. But regardless of this planet's immediate situation, we must observe the prime directive. I want to... The truth, right? The risk no, no, no. The prime directive. That's our <laughs> first, duty. first duty. That's our first <laughs> duty, <laughs> Mr. Wolf. Again, glad you listened. Uh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> You could alter so that you could pass as a Baralan. Aye, sir. Step right up, Wharf, to my fun <laughs> plastic surgery station. I'll have you out of Jiffy. We are brothers. You never talk much about him. What's he like? Nikolai is older than I. He didn't exist until this episode. That's we why I never alike. talked about him. We had many disagreements when we were growing up. He's a somewhat more That's theatrical presentation than I do. But also, in a way, smaller. <laughs> Performance-wise, I mean. Nikolai has a mind of his own. He attended Starfleet Academy, but he was unable to follow the rules. He left after one year. He was a party animal. <laughs> He twice had sex with the dean's daughter. <laughs> it was not Nikolai! <laughs> but he has many fine qualities. He's brilliant, persuasive. Can outdrink anyone on the ship. Natural leader. By the way, Animal House at Starfleet Academy is a genius <laughs> idea. I look forward to meeting him. You will not beat him. I'm going to kill him. <laughs> really offended at that. It's exciting. It's a Dorn with a different prosthetic. Less less covering. Yeah, but it's like the amount of surgery he would need to have his skull shrug to that size. <laughs> that, uh, yeah. They definitely do whisk people in and out. Of, yeah, all these all these fucking surgeries are like this takes no time, but it I need to you, wait for your test results. I mean, I, I know you're supposed to be in the future, and everybody's like, uh, you know, everybody's above any kind of uh, you know judging people's appearances and whatnot. But it does seem interesting that it's like nobody, nobody that we've seen, you know, you can make those kind of changes. Would have gone like, hey, I'm gonna be this guy instead. I'm gonna be. I'm like everybody looked like Riker. <laughs> oh, you mean like everyone decides to get plastic surgery? Yeah, just exactly. Sure. <laughs> so everybody Interesting thought. <laughs> but you know, as as or, or crazy choices, artistic choices. As you know. Gene Roddenberry said, you know, in the future, you're not going to care that that your captain is bald. Sure. We sure. move beyond that, even though right. he famously didn't want a bald captain. What are you doing here? You're not from our village. Who are you? Who is this? I'm a cave repair tech. <laughs> My name is War. You're not from our village. Oops. Who are you? Who is this? My name is War. I am a traveler. How did you survive the storms? I would know that voice anywhere. War, is it really you? Who did your nose it's work? It's good to see you. 
<laughs> I have a guy. You've changed a lot in four years. Nikolai? Yes. <laughs> oh, Warf. This How is much my brother Nikolai have done? Warf barely recognized him. <laughs> what are the what are they feeding you here? <laughs> You've blown up. <laughs> you gotta take care of yourself. Oh, skipping the intro. Uh, what did you think when you were watching this the first time? Are you like, oh, man, Paul Servino? Or are you like... Actually, I think there's no other way to watch this than go, that's who That's who they picked? That's who that, that is definitely my reaction. <laughs> it, does, it makes... Uh, of all the people... I mean, I guess they're trying to pick somebody who's just sort of antithetical to Worf, but it just seems like they could have picked somebody. This is what, it's interesting, I'm talking about their performances. Richard Belzer as Detective Munch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, Angela Lansbury wouldn't have been the worst choice. Um, They, uh, I just, it's just performance-wise, it's like they're in two different shows. And I know he's a fine actor, but it's just very... It doesn't feel like these guys would have been... Grew up in the same household. Like, the familiarity that they constantly talk about doesn't add up to me, somehow. And I feel like a lot of that is in choice of of actors. Although, I guess I felt the same about Cybok, so I don't know. Well, Cybok, as we know, is the one true Vulcan. They were dying. I refuse to sit there safe in that observation post and watch it happen. I set up a deflection. Nikolai, what's an observation post? Uh, that, that, uh, it is the cave I was I came from. Shield to screen these caves from the radiation, and then I brought them here. What did you tell them? They think I'm a Boralan. I told them I was from another village far from here. Well, at least you had that much sense. When I sent the distress call, I knew the Enterprise was in this sector, but I wasn't sure you'd be the one to come. I'm so glad that you're here, Worf. Nikolai, there is nothing we can do for these people. You have only postponed their deaths. I want to discuss that with your captain. And I am certain he will want to speak with you. Friends, my brother and I must go back to the surface. He has provisions and will need help bringing them here. We'll return shortly. It's too dangerous. The storms can occur without warning if Don't you're caught in what... Worf is a seer. He understands the nature of the storms. He'll know when it's safe to travel. Yes, that is correct. Our seer died when the storms first came. That's We've he been was without his guidance for many weeks. <laughs> I'm better. I didn't, go see, with you. didn't see enough to protect himself. I know the terrain better than anyone and I can help. No, Vorn. Worf and I will be safe. We'll return shortly. Just wandered into town and then took over. Doctor, you were fully aware that the atmospheric dissipation could not be stopped. <gasps> what did you hope to accomplish by assisting these people? I was trying to get Matt. Yes. I have a crazy thing to tell you. Oh boy, I hope it's a Andy claim to fame. It is an Andy claim to fame. It's for Voren, who I thought was fantastic in this episode. And I was oh. going to comment on how good he was. And I was like, I know I know this guy from the something. Cunders claim to fame. Did you recognize him from anything? From something big. Uh, no, no, not off, not off the top of my head. I mean, he's, it's an actor. 
um, named Brian Markinson, who is, you know, just a total journeyman utility player, been in a billion different shows in many recurring parts. But he's Durst on Voyager. What? Yes. The greatest character in Voyager history? <laughs> That's right. Durst! <laughs> We've done a lot of talking about Durst in the Patreon. He's, uh, we even say when there's a new guy who comes on and you're just like, they're spending a lot of time on this guy for no apparent reason. We say they're really Dursting it up here. <laughs> really this guy up. This guy's going to die. Durst so far doesn't not die, this guy. The future. No. What I propose is we create an atmospheric Wait, shield. Wait, he on does the die. We can camouflage. I know. I said he doesn't not die. Oh, right, yeah. The equipment, just as was done with my observation post, no one will ever know it's there. You can't be serious. Indeed, I am. Stop I realize it. it will only provide atmosphere for a limited area Stop on the surface, but it will be really enough to said. save one village. <laughs> I have no intention of compounding what you have done by committing another gross violation of the Prime Directive. Captain. The Boralans have a rich and beautiful culture, a deep spiritual life. They deserve the chance to survive. And isn't that what the Prime Directive was truly intended to do? No. To allow cultures to survive and grow naturally? Not exactly. The Prime Directive was designed to ensure non-interference. But aren't we interfering either way? If we take no action, it's a conscious decision to let the Boralans die. Exactly. We have the power to save some of them. All we have to do is exercise it. We are sworn to uphold the principle. What do you know of exercise, Nikolai? Is that understood? <laughs> a lot of fat jokes over there, buddy. <laughs> so I don't know if you can tell how I feel about myself. Well, my, still, <laughs> my observation posts, they contain most of my research. Since it appears that the only way I'm going and to preserve the, the morality, woman I impregnated. Culture is in a what? museum. Wait a minute. I said my research. What did you? What did you think I said? <laughs> I gotta go. I was, I was helping them by spreading my superior genes. I request permission to return to the surface and retrieve them. Because you no I'm longer fit into your own genes. What? <laughs> but you can have full use of the ship's computer to set up a comlink and upload your data from here. If there's nothing further, you're dismissed. Where were you on that one, Troy? Guy clearly has a plan. I'm sorry, Nikolai. So true. I wish there were another way. There is. Whoops. I am quite familiar with your communication systems. If you like, I will help you set up your comm link. I'll do it myself. Mask the transporter signal. Captain. What? Atmospheric dissipation is accelerating. <laughs> One thing that I noticed it was sort hours. of just like the facial surgery that we have already uh, identified is like, that's crazy that they did that to Orr's head. It's so easy that he just switches it back for the meeting. <laughs> yeah. I've got a meeting. I must put this back on. Give me my normal ridges. I estimate the planet's atmosphere will be completely gone within three minutes. Captain. I've completed my data uplink. With your permission, I would like to integrate my research logs with the ship's library computer. Of course. The mesosphere is gone, sir. Plasmonic reactions are now beginning to break down the troposphere. Put it on the screen. Let's watch everyone die. Yes. <laughs> and turn on the audio, too. I want to hear their screams. 
Sarah's face. What's going on? Audio doesn't. Oh, Continuing to interfere with our sensors. I thought you would compensate for that. I had, sir. I will attempt to engage additional filtering elements. Visual reestablished. Cut to the communications room, wherever the hell all that computer stuff is kept, and there's some somebody's adjusting the tracking on the VCR. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! He wants more filtering. Okay. Remember tracking, guys. This is one of those times when we must face the ramifications of the Prime Directive and honor those lives which we cannot save. I find no honor in this whatsoever, Captain. Shut up. You will forgive me if I don't stay. I have a devious plan to enact. I already enacted it, actually. What? (laughs) I have to go cover my tracks. (laughs) This episode felt like a Barkley should have been in it to help with the holodeck stuff. Yeah, that's fair. I would have enjoyed that more. Thank you. Frankly, it feels like the that would have been an interesting thing if Barkley had been transferred out and Barkley was the person who did this. I thought he basically that. I thought created that while I his own it. his own community with people that look on him like a god while he convinced himself he was doing the right thing. But then we'd miss out on all the post TNG Barkley episodes of Voyager. That's true. Computer. Open Holodeck 5. Unable to comply. Holodeck 5 is in use. Override. Authorization Wharf Theta 619. Unable to comply. Holodeck control systems have been bypassed. Why didn't you say that first? (laughs) Wharf, come in. Which he was like, no, 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 you don't understand. I've just created holodeck versions of all these people. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty insane that they're saying Nikolai got away with this without anyone knowing. What are you doing here? Well, he went to Starfleet Academy. To show you. So you have that information. You do. He's Stay a quiet. scientist. He's a rebellious one. We have all the information pretty, we need. It still seems Look. insane. <laughs> One of those people sucking into the floor. I don't understand this. Holodecks don't work the way they're supposed to work. What you refuse to do, I've saved them. I also impregnated one, just like you refused to do. (laughs) I'll tell you later. (laughs) Actually, I won't. I started thinking about this days ago when it became clear the planet was doomed. I knew if I could gain access to your ship's computer, I could generate a replica of the caves. The hard part was transporting the Boralans into the holodeck without anybody on the Enterprise noticing. But I was able to blank out the sensors and make it look like interference from the plasmonic bursts. And it worked I like that, perfectly. I like that they also the dress him like, while like Prince in this episode. They never do anything, it happens. <laughs> even got purple boots. <laughs> Bridge. It's a simple plan, really. That's the beauty of it. Worf, trust me. This is going to work. Trust you? You never had any intention of obeying the captain. I wasn't going to let those people die just because your captain started quoting Federation dogma to me. Your duty was to respect the captain's orders and to uphold the, the prime directive. Mostly to the truth. Duty. That's all that really matters to you, isn't it? 
Yes. Well, I refuse what to don't be you know about me? I'm a Klingon. I was raised on Earth. Far more important to me. You worry too much, Worf. You always did. Everything will work out. You have disgraced yourself. And you have disgraced me. And I want nothing more to do with you. <laughs> Did that one make you laugh? <laughs> the, the Klingonness of it all, you know? Just like, you're dead to me. <laughs> you're you're this immediately case, dead to me. In this case, I kind of feel like, even though it's a, you know, I don't know, as... as as familial fights go, I would be, I'm totally on Worf's side. I'd just be like, what sure, is wrong with you? You of fucking course. maniac. <laughs> but I like that he gets to real, really cling on it up. You've disgraced yeah. me, and now yeah. I don't want anything to do with you. Yep. Angry Picard. Rollins, who think they're still on their own planet. I didn't beam them up without a plan. I've given this a lot of thought. I think we can find a new planet, an M-class world, that can be their new home. A home which would look very different from Baral. You can't really believe that they'll be fooled. That's where the holodeck comes in. I'll go back and tell the Baralans we're going on a journey to a different place where they'll be safe from the storms. The holodeck can gradually change the terrain as we travel so that in the end, the holodeck simulation will match the conditions on the new planet. Then we'll simply beam them down. Now, part of my plan involves them worshiping me and my what having sex with work? several of them. <laughs> what if they become aware that something strange is going on? Captain, I can't prepare for every contingency, but I assure you, I'm accustomed to thinking on my feet. I'll deal with the situation as it evolves. I'm not enthusiastic about this plan. Can't you tell by my face? But I don't see that we have another option. Very well, let's give it a try. Thank you, Captain. So uh, one thing is you can just implant these people on another planet. Do doesn't every isn't every sort of M class planet accounted for, or is there no? Is it not like that in this timeline? It's I not. I would just I would just feel like it'd be every planet would be valuable real estate. Valuable real estate in a society that doesn't have money. Well, no money, but there are people want uh, for nothing. There are things that are more valuable than money. Like, like real estate. <laughs> like real estate. Okay. Just wanted to see where we were. We've got a problem, sir. I don't think it's going to be possible to keep this holodeck simulation safe. Look, I just don't understand <laughs> why they don't make themselves look beautiful. Make me handsome and give me a nice place to live. That's all. <laughs> I just don't understand why you can't just get me some waterfront property on whatever planet I can swim in. Every living being in the universe is entitled to looking beautiful and having a cool car. <laughs> that will take hours. We'll just have to hope the simulation holds long enough. Very well, let's try it. Mr. Forge, I want you to monitor this situation very carefully and keep an open comlink with the holodeck so as to be apprised of any problems. Aye, sir. Captain, I'll return to the holodeck as soon as my... Picard being annoyed as fuck. <laughs> He's, like, annoyed for 90% of this episode. I also so, like oh, that, like, Jesus Jordy's Christ. like, oh, shit, this is my day now? Whatever. Yep. All right. It is true. That's another reason. This guy is, is, is actually a great... 
it's a great analysis of this kind of personality that's just creates chaos, which I think is actually maybe even a line that 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 Worf has. But it's like, I'm doing the right thing. So all of you will now service my thing that I've made you all do. And I feel like that's a, that's a kind of personality, particularly in show business, that you run into a lot. <laughs> yes, it is. Except to anyone new. Hi, sir. Keep a close eye I on. wish he whistled on his way out. <laughs> like, not, a, not, a, not a fucking care in the world. He's, all, he's awfully happy. Your brother. I don't want him making this situation worse than it is. Like, he's, he's basically, that's his go-to the whole time, which also sort of suggests more of his sociopathology. But, like, even when he, he confesses it to Worf and Worf is pissed off, and he immediately puts his hands on him like, you worry too much. Right. Like, what are the you insane? You must be aware of how they were going to react, at least. The storms have destroyed everything. There is nothing left for us to return to. We can't survive in here. Our supplies won't last forever. That's why we must leave. There is a place far from here where there are no storms. It will be a difficult journey, but in the end, we will have a new home. I know a way through the caves. We will travel safely until we return to the surface. Where is this new land? As we said, it is far from here. It will not be like the home you knew. Even the stars may be different. Why would they be different? Why did I bring that up? And I how do you know we'll be safe there? <laughs> My brother is a seer. If he says we'll be safe, you must trust that we will be safe. <laughs> What's wrong? Look! I don't know if that really elicited a scream. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. They're very primitive. Yeah, but Do still, not, it's like sparks and stuff. You've seen lightning. It is an omen. What does it mean? It is the sign of LaForge. <laughs> it is a message to travelers. It is said when these lines appear and disappear in a pool of water, road ahead will be filled with good fortune. Hang in there, Worf. Give me just a second. There. That should do it. It'd be funny if uh, he put a picture, Jordy put a picture of himself <laughs> in the pond. <laughs> and it, just a recorded message. <laughs> Your travel is blessed. <laughs> <laughs> that was the forge. <laughs> we are. N- it's also Penny Johnson as Dobara, the impregnated Apparently wife. We don't make such a bad team after all. <laughs> That's a full name in the script. I think. I think this is simultaneous with Larry Sanders. Not sure. For Penny Johnson, I think so. And then DS Nine right after that. Oh, is she also in DS Nine. Yep. Same character. <laughs> no, sorry. We are not a team. I am here because Captain Picard ordered me here. Orf, don't we both share the same goal? Aren't we both trying to make this plan work? Only because you forced us into it. I'm not ashamed of what I did. I'm not sorry I saved their lives. That's the fucking problem. You have not changed. 
You still expect people to solve the problems you create. I'm not here to work out the issues of our childhood. I'm here to save a people who I care about. And if that upsets you, then so be it. I'm going to go give myself a bigger nose ridge. <laughs> it's a status symbol among these people. <laughs> that's, how I, that's how I got control of all these people. <laughs> it is a formidable responsibility. There are so many questions we don't have answers to. What if the climate is so different that it affects them in a way that we can't anticipate? How do we even know they'll be able to survive? And if they do, how will their society evolve and what impact will it have on the vacuum system? We have no idea what this decision will mean to their future. Doctor, I do not believe we can offer any guarantees. We can simply make the best choice we have at the moment. All right, Data. VACA 6 it is. Data to bridge. Guard here. We have located a new home for the Baralan, sir. It is VACA 6 in the Cabral sector. We can reach that in 42 hours at maximum warp, sir. Very well. Helm, set course for VACA 6. Aye, sir. Looks like we're going to VACA 6. Should we uh, obey the warp limits set by the start? No? Okay. <laughs> maximum warp it is. I don't know why I keep asking. See you admiring my advent calendar. <laughs> this is today's chocolate. <laughs> what is this? Our chronicle. The history of our village. Doesn't your village keep a chronicle? Not in this manner. Then how do you teach your children their history? Who their ancestors were, where they come from? We tell each other stories. Make up songs. Stories change with each person who tells them. But this, this will always be the same. Our chronicle has been maintained for 17 generations. I was only able to save the last six. This shows the destruction of our village. This is you and Nikolai leading us to safety. You're not a very good artist. I'm much cooler looking than that. <laughs> we it, must leave. Also, he flips out at the end that they lose him, but then there's he brought six of them. And at six the end, I think... Six generations of them. Six no, seven. no, they brought. he said there were six copies. No, 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 no. He was saying there were six generations. 17 generations worth of history. He was only able to save the last six generation uh, oh oh i see i see so this is the only one but then that's even more isn't it at the end when he dies they sort of he's he has the thing they never give back the chronicle like it's still he with keeps Vorin. it with him yes yeah. that's kind of fucked up yep, the, that's the most fucked up thing they've done i must have dropped it in the passageway <laughs> i'll go find it <laughs> We must stay together. We'll have to leave it behind. Worf, the Chronicle is the life of our village. Don't make me Without thirst you. Past, <laughs> what? Who's our thirst? future means nothing. <laughs> nothing, nothing. I must find it. Go. I return quickly. 
May I ask you, is this an odd thing, or if I'm off base here, is Michael Dorn's face more, ex- like, and are his eyes more expressive as Worf than without the makeup? <laughs> well, he's also got a hood covering half his eyebrows. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like there's something about the makeup that almost invites you in more a little bit. <laughs> like it's, I don't know. It's, it's something about the prosthetics, like open his eyes more or something. I don't know. Or if he just overemphasizes once he's in the makeup. That is Tirana, my daughter. I am fortunate she was old enough to survive the storms. She is a fine girl. Oh, she is a beautiful girl. She has not been promised to anyone. Weird. If I do not reach our new home, I would like her to become your wife. Oh, the person you just met yesterday? <laughs> you must think I'm my brother. <laughs> you will reach your new home. I promise. Nikolai has already told us that uh, in order for good things to happen, we must promise our women to the newcomer. I think it's the eyebrow placement. Yeah. Could be. He should be like, War, if I see another sign of the forge. But instead, he walks towards the exit. This was interesting to me, just the idea of like what everyone on the starship does when they see primitive man come through. This, this was some This was some elaborate specific acting. They have no They have no experience with someone in distress. Everybody back off. Back off. Everyone crowd around. Everyone crowd around. No, no, I can help. I can help. <laughs> acting like zombies. Strange. I know things must look very strange to you, but everything's going to be all right. No one's going to hurt you. We're friends of Nikolai and Worf. Don't be afraid. Nikolai? Yes. He's my the one friend. Who rules over us? That means you are too. You're friends with a god? I promise. I won't hurt you. sorry there's nothing I can do. His neurophysiology is very unusual. I can't wipe his memory. I see. I How tried. Is he? As well as can be expected, I've given I him a mild sedative I mean, uh... and Troy's been speaking with him. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't remember because I've wiped your memory several times. I think so. Contact Mr. Wolf. Make sure that he knows what's going on. Here he is now. Also, this I is... thought it was kind of crazy that they didn't have a one guard posted outside of the holodeck yeah and like the door seemed to just open i mean i guess the door could have malfunctioned which is why it opened but like also seems like everybody be trying to use the holodeck <laughs> be amazing. people kept going in dressed for skiing and, yeah <laughs> and ambo, ambo jitsu costumes. i'm gonna box rocky <laughs> from the 20th century film rocky 
Varen, isn't it? Ah, oh, rats. These people are in here. Why did you bring us here? Your planet was dying. It could no longer support life. We took you away from it. But we never left the caves. We have the ability to create the illusion of other places, like the caves on your planet. You have actually spent the last two days here on this starship, not on Baral. Then our home is gone. Yes. Varen, listen to me. We can visit many other worlds. We can take you to one where you can build a new life. A new life? A chance for your culture, your people to survive and grow. How can we grow when everything that made us who we are is gone? You are just your things? I'd be like, what is wrong with you? It is... It's interesting because that line is well written to support the Prime Directive, but it is kind of like, it like sounds right, but is it right? No, not at all. So. I think it's weird that Picard has no retort to that, which he should easily have a retort to that. What Wouldn't his retort be something that spoke out against the Prime Directive, which is why he doesn't say anything? No, it would be, you are not. You are not your things. You are you. You are your experiences. But then by that token, possibly Nikolai is correct, and they should be moving them off the planet. Well, they are. That's the end of that story. Like that. I understand, but is the, the show's perspective, I believe, is that Picard is right and Nikolai is wrong. I mean, I think Nikolai is wrong because he's an insane person, but no, the in terms of the prime directive. The show's perspective is Picard is right, yes. Nikolai is wrong in the way he went about it thousand percent um but also the show's perspective is that when it's not like picard was like we're gonna beam them back down to their atmosphereless planet right <laughs> it is well fuck you've done this so okay we're gonna help now i don't know but it but does you never raise, should have done this it raises interesting questions because it's basically like you're basically doing the same thing by omission. You're basically by omission. You are beaming them down to a dead planet. You're just not beaming them up first. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Interesting choice of words, but (laughs) it's, it's observation and non-interference. Right. But now that someone has interfered, now that someone has broken that rule, it's not like they're just going to kill them. Right. Essentially, Picard's playing the hand he was dealt. Of course. So, his But that scene, I think, is supposed to communicate, see, this is what happens when you don't follow the Prime Directive. <laughs> eh, maybe that's what it was supposed to do. I don't know. I didn't feel like that to me. No. That guy was just being a dope. A little bit. There's a couple of uh, props here. There's uh, people that walk by carrying a tiny bag on two giant sticks. Yeah. And I'm just like, there they are. They're back there. That would be so much easier to carry as a backpack. (laughs) We don't know what's in there. It's heavy things. No. 
Like, that woman's backpack right there is bigger than what they're carrying. <laughs> It'd be funny if Voren's main thing when they tell him the truth is... the others. Wait, you're telling me we just walked for several days carrying a bunch of heavy things for no reason? <laughs> like, we're not even going on a journey? It's all made up? What a huge pain in the ass! Would you ask Mr. LaForge to create a suitable campsite for us a few kilometers from here? What's wrong? Boren has left the holodeck. How did he get out? I do not know, but Dr. Crusher cannot erase his memory. What will they do with him? They have explained the situation to him. He must make his has own she decision. she tried hitting him on the head hard? Wait. <laughs> Are you saying that if Boren wants to come back in here, they'll let him? That is right. He is not a prisoner. But if he comes back here and tells the others what he has seen on the Enterprise, everything we have done will be for nothing. Then you should have considered that. And also, this is the crazy aspect. Paul Servino's POV here. Well, you can't let him come back because he'll ruin my kingdom. Of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> he'll tell the others. He'll and they'll just others. see me as a regular person that lied to them. <laughs> just a doctor and not a cool captain type person. Oh, you create chaos. How many times did our parents lie awake at night wondering what kind of trouble you were in? Oh, if only I could have been like you, Worf, the perfect son! I was not perfect, but I was not wild and disobedient. Of course not. You were too busy doing your duty. I would Seems rather like be accused of that than making our mother weep. Paul character. But I see it is clear. You have no intention of changing. I see no reason to discuss it further. using these people Paul Servino is kind of using these people as like an online MMORPG (laughs) Commander the holodeck malfunctions are increasing I'm running every stabilization routine I know how much longer till we reach? We tried. Line? Who's on first? We'll be there in less than eight <laughs> hours. You're just gonna have oh to boy. hold things together a little while longer. Folks, <laughs> you are on the road. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite stabilization <laughs> routine. Get the crowd back on your yes, side. Of course. I don't know what Nikolai said to you, but please forgive him. It is an old argument. I've never seen him like this. He's usually so confident, so sure of himself, but now he seems different. Do you know why? No, no, I do not. Ever since Varn was lost, people have been afraid. Worried that we won't reach our new home. We need Nikolai's strength now more than ever. When the storms first came to our village, many of us were ready to die. But Nikolai refused to let us. He gathered us together and led us into caves. He saved us. He's also been working He's on these inventions called a phaser. <laughs> He's brilliant. He will give us heat. (laughs) 
You're going to be the uncle of my child. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> It's interesting because that move, I don't know, who knows, with, with, you know, in, with the Bermans behind the scenes. But that move, to me, indicates that the show is saying that he's a maniac, <laughs> a megalomaniac. But do you think it's possible that the writers were still just like, no, it makes sense. You know, he loves these people, so he's just... Uh, I don't know. You can't write it. This seems so clearly written the other way. Yeah. That I can't imagine that... Also, and I don't know if it comes from Paul Servino's natural performance or from the the uh, the way it's written, but Nikolai seems emotionally dysregulated all the time. <laughs> seems like he just like he just verges wildly from chipper and, and upbeat that to is like outrage that is some of what you have to do you know when when you're in charge of a whole civilization's future uh-huh. yeah. i have a lot on my head this all falls on my shoulders <laughs> well if you do this not understand is- you do not understand i am the king i mean i am <laughs> i couldn't watch these people die <laughs> they worship me like a god because i tricked them into it you should have seen their faces when I said I was a god. They believed me. <laughs> Good. Mr. Forge, how much longer before we can transport the Baralans? A few more hours, Captain. But we've got some problems here. I don't think the holodeck's going to last that long. We've had materialization errors and resolution failures all over the place. And it's getting worse. The simulation could fall apart any minute. We'll have the transporter room standing by. But we may have to transport the Baralans, whether you're ready or not. Please keep Mr. Worf apprised. Aye, sir. You have the bridge, number one. We still have one more problem to worry about. I did like that he didn't know how a doorknob worked. A doorbell worked. <laughs> that is funny. It's a nice touch. Yes. We have arrived at the planet that I told you about. Have you made a decision? I believe I would like to go back to my people. I see. What do you intend to tell them? I don't know. If you tell them the truth, what will happen? Will they believe you? (laughs) I'm not sure. It is a fantastic story. Perhaps they will think that you have had an hallucination or that you're insane. I don't think I would like to live the rest of my life knowing what I know and being regarded as a madman. On the other hand, they may believe your fantastic story. They would learn about alien worlds, starships. That would be disastrous. It would destroy everything they believed in. I can't tell them the truth. But I don't think I can live with a secret. And stay here. 
make a future for yourself with us. I gotta think this has happened like ten times in the last decade of Starfleet. Yeah, I agree. Where like they've accidentally made contact with a civilization and they have one person who's like, uh, I can't go back. Well, let's stay here. I'd like to see I'd like to follow that team of weirdos <laughs> through Starfleet. Oh, that's a great idea. Like yep. the, the team of prehistoric people who are suddenly in the future. The other th- I mean that's basically what Saru is, isn't it? Yes. Um the other thing is what happens when the person wants to go back? They're basically saying, "Is this, wouldn't the prime directive basically say, we can't let you go back, you're going to destroy the civilization? Uh, right. And therefore they would be, you know, depriving this person of the free will to return. Mm-hmm. So it's quite a conundrum. <laughs> sure is yes I wonder what the rules are with those nuances what do you say now prime directive I need some time please I might durst myself (laughs) this must have been a hot costume look at how thick it is and it's got a hood What are you thinking? I don't owe you an explanation. This is a matter between Dubois and myself. As usual, you are only thinking of yourself. And as usual, you are here to point out the error of my ways. You have treated Dubois with dishonor. I have not. I love her and we're going to raise our child together. That is not possible. I cannot allow you to (laughs) remain. Look, chemistry happens, Worf. You can't predict these things. In here. You will have to kill me fast. What is... What was his fighting technique? I don't know. It almost looked like he was being a Q in that moment. (laughs) He's like doing something. He's going to shoot some bolt out uh, of his hand. He looked like he was going to be Guinan. Oh yeah, yeah. Same hand move Guinan. That is true. Yeah. I think what he was going to do was the five finger death punch. Oh yeah, man. That seems like something he would have convinced himself he could do. could produce a storm, wind, lightning, and thunder. I'll see what I can do. He's <laughs> real jazzed about that storm. <laughs> Finally get to use my brains to make a storm. Like that his directions also are quick, protect yourself, go inside this three foot wide hut. <laughs> Make sure it's the thinnest cloth possible. <laughs> Thank you. The storms will not return. As I said he would, my brother Worf has saved us all. I leave you to your evil guru overlord. Captain's log, stardate 47427.2. The Baralans have safely reached the site of what will eventually become their new village. 
None of them suspects they ever left their planet. However, our success has come at a high price. I think it was some form of ritual suicide. He said that he had nowhere to go. He would have died even if we hadn't interfered. How did he get access to whatever he killed himself with? He probably just willed himself to death. That's the power they have. <laughs> That's what they can do. <laughs> yeah, it's one of their powers. Sort of a reverse. Um, Are you saying you're sorry? We saved. Whatever. Uh, what's uh, what's a ruse race? <laughs> Kelpian? Yeah, it's a reverse Kelpian evolution. <laughs> they just die. No, of course not. Our plan for them worked out well. But I wish that foreign could have bridged the gap between our two cultures. The five to thousand-year gap? <laughs> Captain Picard, I've decided to stay with my brother. What? I met a young woman in the, in the uh, village and what? Worf? Well, what? No. One thing led what? to another, and... Worf! <laughs> I mean, they think I'm a seer. Shall we fight Worf. now? I told you. You would have to kill me to get me away from here. I do not want to fight you, Nikolai. Things were never easy between us, were they? No. It's my fault. Yes. <laughs> if I'd been more Usually. Like you, we wouldn't have had so many problems. If you had been more like me, these people would not be here now. You gave them a chance at a new life. And I intend to share that life with them. The village will need a new chronicle. Someone has to begin it. My child will need a father. My place is here. I'm finally taking responsibility. You were never good at drawing. How will you keep a chronicle? I learn quickly. Then perhaps there is hope. Tell me, where do I get one of these purple rain outfits? <laughs> I'll leave it to you. <laughs> Thank you, brother. <laughs> Could I take this with me? May I take Ooh. one of the generations of information <laughs> about these people? <laughs> Looking for some light reading. I will have to explain all of this to mother and father. They won't understand. They may. I will tell them that you are happy. And insane. <laughs>
Well, there you go, Andy. <laughs> what a crazy person. What an episode. What a fun time. What a... I'm confused about everything. Well, let's try to hand out an MVC. All right. Hmm. I guess Jordy does a lot of damage control on the grid. Does anybody else do anything? I mean, I guess if you if you're considering the mission of making these people, you know, arrive safely without them combusting, then I guess Worf is probably the most valuable. <laughs> they didn't burn alive, <laughs> emotionally or otherwise. <laughs> I guess Worf is probably the MVC. Uh, I have to agree with you. Okay. Now a harder question. How many Andy's does this episode get? This is tough because it's kind of a it's a sound story and it's an interesting story, and the characterization is just sort of subpar. Both a, in the but choices. No, it's a character we never. It's a characterization we rarely see on Star Trek uh, from someone who is so, so closely connected to our main cast, like one of the humans, one of the one of the supposedly good guys of the galaxy. Yeah. Uh, turns out to be this megalomaniac <laughs> right. lunatic. I don't even know, but based on that last scene, is that what the episode is saying? Because it seems like there's some... I think that's our interpretation It seems like Worf it. is saying, and no, you've saved these people. No, that was a, I'm never going to see you again. I let see. me not leave you like an asshole. Maybe. And let me say, uh, no, you did okay. These people yeah. are alive. I gotta go. Can I take this generation? Uh, I'll take generation, the fourth generation of information about these people thanks there's something they clearly made the decision to make this character Worf's brother because they felt like eh we haven't spent enough time with Worf or this is a good thing or well you know this gives Dorn an opportunity to but to not have the mask to not have the prosthetics on or something but it just feels like it's a weird choice to have this be his brother well if you want to see weird choices just wait till next week do you feel like it's organic what do you mean? Do you feel like like having seen this episode, you're like, yeah, I guess I buy that this guy was his brother. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, whatever the case, there's a lot of good, good, interesting sci-fi things, conundrums. They sort of do address everything, even if I'm not sure where they are. <laughs> and I kind of like, I like how often Worf is on his own dealing with the shit. You know what I yes. mean? It's not like a big away team thing, and it's like a nice little character episode for Worf that you know, doesn't involve Klingon shit. That's true. And I guess it does. It does certainly makes sense in terms of choosing this guy as his brother, that this would be the perfect thing that you and I probably would relate to. And many people would relate to of just like, I can't deal with my family. Right. <laughs> just, <laughs> my family's, uh, <laughs> makes a lot of weird choices that I don't know how to swallow. <laughs> um, uh, but that there's still that connection. So um, anyway, that, all that being said, I don't know how much I enjoyed it. Uh, between a five point five and a six, I'm, I'm honestly I'm right at like a six. Yeah, because I didn't hate anything about the episode. It was just a little plotting. It's an yeah. interesting study of the Prime Directive. Um, That's true. There's and, enough good things. All right, I'll give it a six too. Um. I guess I don't have to do any more convincing. He agreed. Way to go, everyone. 
You all convinced me I did it. And now for an episode that famously brought on... Whatever the hell I... What was that? Star Trek, the show Kamala and I did together? (laughs) At Meltdown. Sub Rosa. Oh, Oh, right. Oh, that's why. Which which episode was the worst? Sub Rosa? There have have not... There have been uh, an almost uncountable amount of hails mentioning this or preparing for this episode so it'll be very interesting for me to see well here's the trailer andy can you see the screen i can okay here we go it haunts her in her sleep beverly a terrifying presence who wants her soul and will kill anyone who stands in his way we'll be together always now Will his seductive power take possession of Dr. Crusher? I'm leaving Starfleet. Or can she escape his deadly clutches? Come on, Beverly, we've got to get out of here. Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation. (laughs) (laughs) That seems extreme. It sure uh, does. But, you know, from that trailer, I've seen trailers that are that bonkers before, and uh, and it definitely could go either way. Close to that bonkers. Yeah, yeah. This so. one's pretty close to that bonkers. <laughs> um, I've got some we... news for you, Andy. <laughs> this one's pretty close to that bonkers. Uh, before we go, uh, one other order of business. Um, we've uh, had some internal debates and debates on the uh, on the Patreon about uh, whether to oh, continue. Oh, no. Were we supposed to cover that in the, in the president's circle? We were. Did well, you we wanna... failed. No, yes. no. No, it's fine. Um, uh, we don't need to address that, this now. We can address this to the presidents in the next President Circle podcast. Well, I feel like people. I feel like this is an issue for people who might join the Patreon. Also, all right. Look, if you if you join the Patreon and become a new member, we're going to give you guys a shout out uh, at the end of the month. And otherwise, our members that are in there, uh, hope you've enjoyed your shout outs. You'll get another shout out at the end of the year. We'll do a big. Uh, shout out for everybody so because we're changing this sort of thing uh, at towards the end of the year we're gonna do february in february we're gonna read everybody again so if you want to change anything you want to put your name in phonetically you want to write a funny message or something like that you, you do it before february uh and then we'll read everybody and thank them and then from there on out andy and i one episode every month we will be reading the new people welcoming them into the president's circle and then Every uh, December, we'll be reading everybody. There'll be one long thing for you guys to contend with, but then shorter ones on a monthly basis. So, best of all worlds, part two. So, end of February. That's your last chance to join the president circle and and write whatever clever name you want. (laughs) No, that's your last chance. For if you're already this. in there to change your name to whatever yes. the hell you want. Otherwise, it would be a yearly and then uh, opportunity and or for new patrons. If you've been waiting to join because you're waiting for the right time for your bit to really sink, do it in jam- March. No. <laughs> You'll have the floor. Uh, all right, Andy. Good business. Good housekeeping. Let's skedaddle. Very good. Disengage. Trying to do a little Sorvino there. That was good. <laughs> it's terrible.